0: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Fierce Calling podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. We're a community of women who are taking action where our passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. We're using our gifts to impact the world for Christ. And the purpose of this podcast is to equip and inspire other women to engage their gifts to impact the world. In today's episode, A Pivotal Moment with God, I'm talking with my friend Katie Epling. When unexpected news pulled the rug out from under Katie's family, she experienced depression and feelings of uncertainty about her special needs child's future. God met her there, and in one pivotal moment, He changed everything in her life. What did God say? Hear how that unfolded and how Katie is taking action and walking in her fears' calling. We're talking about purpose, and her story will inspire and encourage you. Listen in while I have a chat with Katie Epling. Hello, and thank you for joining another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I have my friend with me, Katie Epling. She's a writer and speaker in Northeast Ohio and the author of Finding Jesus, a Christmas devotional. She loves to encourage women to root their identity in Christ. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This
1: is just so much fun to be here with you.
0: I'm so glad. Yeah. What a great day to just chat about things on our heart and share with our listener a message of hope and encouragement. Yeah, for sure. I would love you to tell us your story and Mm -hmm. a little bit about where you're taking action, where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect and how that all came about.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I tend to say, I don't have a story. I have, I have a hundred of them because (laughs) I feel like God is always writing our story. And every single time I think, okay, Lord, I know I know this what the message is that you want me to share. I know my story and he's like hold on we're not done. So that being said, I've always had a passion for helping women to find their identity in Christ from the time I was little. You know, I I'm adopted and so to see that my adoption was really a picture of God's love for us and his adoption for us and so I've always known that that was going to be a piece of, you know, God was going to use my life to tell Mm. his story of identity through infertility and not knowing if we were going to have children and wondering how that was going to shape my identity. And then when we had kids, I mean, you know, those first years of motherhood, it's so easy to lose yourself Yes. in, you know, diapers and breastfeeding or bottle feeding. And, um, you know, do you do a schedule or are you flexible? All of those things, we just, we get so wrapped up in them Mm. and You know, if my whole identity is wrapped up in my kids, well, what does that mean when my kids are disobedient? Or if I can't get my baby to nap today? (laughs) What does that mean about who I am? Yeah. And so thank goodness for Mops, it, it saved my sanity when my kids were little. And that really kind of became an outlet for me. And and it really started to shape where I focused my ministry because I wanted young moms to have that encouragement and to see that, you know, our identity isn't our little kids or our big kids for that matter. Yeah. But one moment in particular really stands out when My youngest had been diagnosed with Down syndrome. Uh, He was three months old when we got the diagnosis, which Mm -hmm. is atypical. You usually know either before they're born or right at birth. Mm -hmm. And so it really felt like the rug had been pulled out from under us. I was depressed and exhausted. I had uh, two slightly older kids. Uh, They were three and four when Joey was born. So when Joey was about six months old, there came a day when I was Very behind on laundry. I was very sad. I was exhausted. And I went to go change his diaper. And as six month olds can do, he needed an outfit change as well. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I went to change his clothes, and there was only one shirt left that was Mm -hmm. clean. And it was brand new, still had the tags on it. So you have to know that Joey is my third child. He's my second boy. I have two older brothers, and between them, they have five boys. So there are no new clothes in our house. (laughs) Everything is Mm. hand-me-downs. But there was this one brand new onesie with the tags still on it. And I didn't realize until it was the only clean one left that I'd been avoiding it. I picked up this onesie and it said, I want to be a fireman when I grow up. And I just started to sob. Mm. I thought, Lord, this isn't fair. He's not going to be a fireman when he grows up he he can 't be now, with some hindsight, you know joey 's almost ten now. I realize how ridiculous this is, right, because no six month old wants to be a fireman when he grows up. <laughs> right. um, I probably put similar shirts on my other son, and he 's not likely to be a fireman either, mm-hmm. but it felt unfair, it mm-hmm. felt too much in that mm-hmm. moment, but that was the moment where God met me and I didn't hear an audible voice, but as clearly as I've ever heard God, I heard him say, well, of course he's not going to be a fireman when he grows up because that's not what he was created to be. And I realized right then that God had made Joey exactly as he is on purpose for a purpose. Mm. And I think until then, I sort of thought that Down syndrome had sort of slipped past God that, you know, it was. It didn't take him by surprise when we got the diagnosis, but that it certainly was not planned. And when I realized like even this, even the number of chromosomes that my baby has was planned by God for a purpose, and then I realized, that's true for my older kids too. And some of the struggles that I see in them, like God's got a plan for them. And then it's true for me. And then it's true for you. And you know, for every woman listening, God's got a purpose and a plan for us exactly where we are, exactly how we are. And that's just been my mission since that day is to help women embrace that and figure out, you know, what is my purpose and how do I live it out?
0: Yeah. Wow. That is so beautiful. That story and that precious turning point when you had that realization, because really in the midst of the chaotic, changing a diaper and trying to clean up your child, you, right. know, you know, it's like, you wouldn't sometimes stop to think right. what is even on this t-shirt. What is this onesie? <laughs> you know, what is on this onesie and right. what does it say? You know, it's like, I don't have time to read that. I got to just, Get this child. We usually are done. not
1: concerned about the deeper meaning of the onesies. <laughs>
0: yes, not usually, but it is a special moment with you and the Lord. Yes. And something that was life changing for you. Yes. And changed the whole trajectory of how you thought about life and what it means to be in Christ, you know, right. what our identity is. So, thank yeah. you for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. God is there in those little moments. I think Mm -hmm. we want to find
1: him in great big events in our lives and it's not, he's there too, Mm -hmm. but we forget that he's there in those little moments just as much. And sometimes it seems like he's more likely to meet us in those little things.
0: Yes. Yes. Because in those little things, it's just even more prevalent that he's there Right. When big things happen, sometimes it's the thing itself that can distract us. Yes, for from sure. The, you know, from the actual presence of God. And then, you know, we know, well, this has to be God, it can't be anything else. But we can get caught up in all of the noise and things right. going on around a major big milestone event or something. But you're right, in the quiet moments can right. be really the most sweet and precious as far as our connecting with God. Right. And I think that that's one of
1: the important things that I try to communicate to moms too, Mm -hmm. as I'm encouraging them to find their purpose and their identity in Christ is that doesn't mean then that I have to sell everything I own and move across the country to Mm. live out my purpose. And it doesn't mean that, um, if I'm not doing full-time ministry, that I'm not living out my purpose, Mm. you know, in Romans 12, if you read the message version, I love, he says, here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your walking around and going to work and going to sleep life and place it before God as an offering. Mm. That's how we live out our purpose is when we just just start right where you are and figure out how am I going to use today as an offering for God?
0: Yes. Thank you. That is so important. Yes. So how did you get involved in mops? And if you could explain a little bit about what that is to our listener that may not be familiar with that organization. Sure.
1: When my oldest was born, so she is almost 15 now. And when she was born, I remember my mom saying, you should get involved in a mops group. And I was like, I have no idea what that is, but it doesn't sound appealing. I don't, I don't like to do housework. This sounds like, (laughs) you know, something related to that. Anything to do with a mop, forget it. Yeah. I don't want it. But, um, but then I actually, I, uh, a friend at church said, oh, I'm getting ready for my MOPS meeting. And I said, my mom just said that. What, what is that thing? And so MOPS stands for mothers of preschoolers. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and even that its title is a little misleading. It's for moms who have any children from birth through kindergarten. So mm-hmm. if you have a, a newborn baby and you think, oh, that's not for me. No, it is. And it really is a lifesaver. You know, it's, it's a place where you can go in. Number one, I mean, the biggest help to me was going into MOPS and being able to say, you guys, I'm, I'm struggling with this, with my baby. And you know, the first time I did that, I went into a meeting and said, gosh, I didn't know I could get so angry at an infant. Mm. And I was so, I had so much fear to even say that out loud because I thought they would just go, wow, you, you have a problem. (laughs) And they all went, oh yeah, me too. Mm. And just the power of being able to go, okay, I am not alone. Yeah. is huge. But then the other thing I love about mops is that it really empowers the women in it. They say, we want you to get involved in leadership. And again, I think when you're, when you have little ones, it's so easy to feel like, look, I have a college degree and now I am you know making bottles and changing diapers all day. Like what on earth? I, I have skills. <laughs> I'm not using them. And Mops says, we want to help you use those skills to encourage each other Mm -hmm. and to build each other up and to give you some kind of uh, this purpose outside the four walls of your home. Mm -hmm. That's not at all to take away from even when we're making bottles and and changing diapers, there's purpose. You know, we are building up that next generation, but sometimes we need something a little bit outside of that too. (laughs) And so, and it doesn't have to be MOPS specifically. I've been a part of other moms groups too. It's just that coming together, building Mm -hmm. each other up, being able to kind of share our burdens and then use our skills to help each other. I mean, that's huge, but MOPS is a great resource. Um, They've got groups all over the world, so.
0: That's awesome. I didn't really realize the entire purpose of MOPS. I knew that it was a group where moms got together, But I love hearing how all moms are encouraged because we always hear different things about the stay-at-home mom, the working mom, the this mom, that mom, and all of these labels that can cause all kinds of anxiety and guilt and, you know, what am I doing to my kids and this kind of thing. And then, but encouraging women to use their skills because it's so biblical that God, God gives us skills. And the purpose of the Fierce Calling podcast is to encourage women to take action and use their gifts they've been given. Given and to allow God to cultivate those, you know, yes, that we can absolutely. work together. Yeah. Yeah. For the kingdom. So that's awesome. I, I'm so glad that you expanded a little bit about that. The organization is national, right? It is international.
1: They are oh. all over the world. So I it's been a few years since I've been in MOPS. My, my youngest, again, he's almost 10. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point now, I used to write for MOPS
0: International on their blog. Mm-hmm. Now
1: I speak at MOPS groups.
0: Okay. So that's amazing and anyone that's listening that is a mom of a preschooler birth up to kindergarten. Yeah. Should check it out and get involved. For
1: sure. It is very, very helpful in those nice. early years.
0: So then going on, here you are with your children, you know, and you're raising <laughs> all of these kids. How has that looked for your life and your calling and your identity as you're interacting with your kids and what God is also calling you to do?
1: That's a great question. It's so interesting. My oldest who, who will be 15 here shortly is you know when you're when you're a kid and your mom says I hope someday you have a child just like you um <laughs> my oldest is proof that that prayer has power <laughs> she is yeah. so much like me hmm. um and that's a lot of fun and when I mean from the minute she was born people would say wow she looks like her mom and <laughs> then she started speaking in complete sentences by the time she was 16 months old which you know, is also a little like her mom i and mm-hmm. she's never never stopped talking since she's very musical and and she's way more artistic than I am, but i I love music and I love reading and writing, and she does all of those things. So it's really fun until it's not mm. until I start to see things about myself that I don't love yeah. played out in her. And and so from the time she was really a toddler, I started to see her struggling with some things that I was making sure not to model in front of her. Mm-hmm. And displaying some characteristics about myself that I didn't love. And as I I shared earlier, we did go through infertility before she was born. And when she was just a couple of weeks old, you know, and you're, you're exhausted and, and overwhelmed. And I was complaining to someone about this and someone I love who didn't mean anything. He was just being snarky said, well, you know, God tried to stop that from happening, but you had to have it your way Mm. and truly was just meant to be a joke But those words stuck in my head. And so as I saw her start to play out things that I didn't love about myself, I thought, what if that's true? What if God did not want to have another little me out there? He knows. He knows all the ways that I screw up and all of the struggles that I have. And he didn't want another person to be saddled with that. And I forced it to happen. Mm -hmm. And I really wrestled with that for years until um, I was, studying in Genesis of all places, Genesis chapter one, as a matter of fact, where Mm -hmm. I came across the verse that says that God made man in his image. Mm -hmm. And I realized that my daughter is made in God's image, not mine. Mm -hmm. And then again, just like with, with Joey, when I realized what was true for him was true for me too, I realized, Oh, I'm made in God's image. Yeah. He's not up in heaven going, oh man, I can't <laughs> believe I made that Katie, you know, <laughs> True. you know, he loves me. And he, again, he's made me on purpose for a purpose. And yeah, that, that I am a sinful woman in a broken world. And so there are things that he is sanctifying for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean he regrets making me and it doesn't mean he regrets making my daughter he's given her to me so that we can work through these struggles together you know but she's made in his image and so being able to kind of get that perspective we also know that a prophet has no honor in his hometown so you know i love getting to go and speak about these things and yet i find that i have a hard time communicating them effectively to my own children mm-hmm. <laughs> so so for moms who are out there like i'm failing at this i can't get my kids to believe the things i you are not alone in this <laughs> That's <laughs> so encouraging. Kids, you know, yeah. I tell them these things and they roll their eyes at me and then yeah. they come home and you go, do you know what the high school pastor said today? And then they'll say things that I've said a million times. And I think, huh, <laughs> <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm learning every day, you know, God created us in his image. Again, mm. he he's created us on purpose for a purpose. And I see that in my kids and all we can do as moms is just keep pointing them back to the truth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Praise the Lord too, for the people that God sends into the lives of our children, whether they're yes. young or grown or even adult our adult children that speak truth into the lives of these kids. Because you know how you just see something over and over and over or hear something over and over and over. And after a while, you just, you're kind of numb to it or you don't see it or you don't hear it. Yes. But then when it comes from a different perspective or a different person, all of a sudden it's right. like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they hear and, it, and we're human, so we yeah. have to keep learning the same lessons too. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: and and that's something my husband and I have. You know, our our older two are teenagers now, so we have a lot of conversations about. But we, I have to keep telling them the same thing, and <laughs> that, and I say, you know what, I feel like. God's up in heaven laughing because he's like, yeah, I know. That's how I feel with you. You know, exactly. I you were the same thing and you keep messing up and we just have to keep
0: moving forward guys. So. Yes. Yes. How many times in his word does he have to repeat himself or say exactly. things twice or, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Yes. Or, you know, I told you not to do that. You know, it's like, that. it's like that emoji that pops up when you are texting somebody. And it's like, when you want to say, Oh boy, or something like that, and it's like the one with the, The palm to the forehead. Yes. Like picture gods up there going, oh boy.
1: Yeah. Here we (laughs) go again. Here we go again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's endearing though. (laughs) Cause he still loves us. He does. He is so patient with us.
1: That's what I keep saying. You know, this is giving us an opportunity
0: to show the kids how God responds to us. Exactly. Yeah. And it is so true that others are watching us, even if we don't feel like we're a leader, because, you know, some people don't feel like they're called to lead. And that might be true in some areas of their life, but really, truly everyone's a leader because there's always someone that's observing or watching or learning. From what you already know and have experienced. So it is important, whether it's our children or others in our lives, you know, to, to model Christ-like behavior and display that peace that surpasses all understanding. And sometimes we can, sometimes, oftentimes we can mess up in that area. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, there's value
1: in that too. Mm -hmm. And, And even, even with our kids, there's value in we're going to mess up. Yeah. So then we get to model for them what we do with that.
0: Yes. We get to
1: model for them. We don't just say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. How are we going to remedy this situation? And what am I going to do in the future so that I don't mess up like this again? You know, all of those are important lessons.
0: Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, we just rely on God and depend on him and he's our security and we trust in him. And so the way we react To a situation to get through it.
1: And it takes time and maturity. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm 40 years old now. (laughs) I will say it publicly. I am still on this journey. God has been doing some work in my prayer life over the last year or so. And there's a daily prayer walk that I do specifically for my kids. And I started it off, there were very specific requests that I had. And I thought, this is like Joshua and Jericho. I'm going to do this every day for a week. God is going to answer these prayers. These walls are going to come tumbling down. It'll be beautiful to be such a picture of God and his miraculous work. Um, that was last August. Mm-hmm. The walls have not come tumbling down. Mm-hmm. However, I have seen answers to prayer. I have seen, you know, I, I haven't seen a miraculous healing for my kiddo who is struggling with anxiety and depression, but I have seen light and color come back into this child's life. Yeah. I have seen victories. And we continue to see struggles and we, I see struggles from my other kids, yeah. but God is there and is showing up. I am constantly reminded again, he's got a purpose and a plan. You know, we look at Joseph in the book of Genesis and all that he went through to become Pharaoh's second in command to lead Egypt through this huge drought. I'm guessing that there were times along the way that Joseph said, God, get me out of this prison. God, get me out of slavery. God, you know, mm-hmm. and, and God could have. But yeah. he had a plan the whole way along that put Joseph exactly where he needed to be. Yeah. And, and Joseph even tells his brothers after their father passes, look, you intended this for evil, but God meant it for good. God had a plan all along. And so now my prayer, when I go and walk for my kids, I'm still praying for the healings and the struggles. Mm-hmm. But my bigger prayer is God, do whatever you need to do mm-hmm. to get a hold of their hearts and to use them the way that you want to use their lives.
0: Amen. That is beautiful and so encouraging too, because God has something even deeper and things that go beyond our current pain or the current struggles that we're going through. I love how you shared about how you do your prayer walks. Mm -hmm. And being obedient and just continuing to do that in trusting God and lifting up your children, because that's an action that anyone can take because oftentimes women might be apprehensive because they don't know how to take action or they don't know what to do. But prayer is so powerful. And just stepping outside your door, maybe walking around the block because it's transforming to not only yourself, but also it activates something because of the faith behind the prayers.
1: I will tell you, Doris, I could talk all day long about this, the work that God has done through these prayer walks. Mm. It is amazing to me. I, the first time I went and did it, I told my husband, look, this sounds weird, but I feel like God is leading me to do this. I'm going to go for this walk and I'm going to do it every day. And it sounds a little strange, even to me. I'm kind of embarrassed to say it out loud, but now I mean, it is so Powerful, mm. and and it's powerful on a practical level because when I am walking and praying, I'm more focused. Honestly, I so I, I'm walking around my daughter's high school every day because that just seems to you know high school is hard definitely, yeah. <laughs> and that seems like where they need prayer. Yes, um, but. I rarely run into anyone else. So I'm usually praying out loud. (laughs) Um, I do quiet down when I see other people. I don't want to be the crazy lady, but my prayers are so much more focused. It's helping me by engaging my body and my mind and my mouth, all of it. It Mm. keeps it focused. Also, it invites us into the work that God is doing. Mm. And it reminds me of when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he told the people to roll the stone away from the tomb. He didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? He could have just told it to move and it would have, but he invited them to be a part of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm walking around the school and praying, I feel like this is God's invitation to me to be part of what he's doing. At the same time, it's really humbling because I recognize that me walking around that high school is not actually accomplishing anything in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I am not physically doing anything, it is a recognition that only God. Can do the things that I'm asking him to do. Mm. And yet he gives me the privilege of yeah. being able to participate by walking around there and praying. It's been one of the coolest things in my spiritual journey ever.
0: Nice. It is important because high school is really rough. It and is. He, <laughs> like you say, it, it's not just the action itself that we take, but God seeing our action and stepping yes. out because that is what he will do. He'll see if we will. Step out and be obedient, and then things come from that.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's there have been many days where I pull into that parking lot. I started this in August when it was nice and warm, mm-hmm. and then about December, the first day that it was three degrees outside, I pulled into that parking <laughs> lot. I thought, Lord, I don't want to do this. It's cold and it's windy, yeah. and you know, you haven't answered all of my prayers. And okay, here I am, out of obedience to you, I'm gonna go do this. And then by the time I get back to my car, I think, what a privilege. Mm. I'm not doing this because God needs me to. He is allowing me to do this so that I can come and lay everything at his feet and be reminded that he is in control and that he is working. So when God calls us to obedience, we have to remember it's not so we can earn his favor. It's because he's, again, he's got a purpose there Mm. for, for our good. In his glory.
0: Mm. I love how you shared that story of Lazarus because mm. that is so true. He invited people in. Yeah. And that that's a great book concept right there. <laughs> 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 you know how we're invited in because God really could do all of these things without right. us. He doesn't, yes, like he you does say, he doesn't need us. us. <laughs> It's exciting to be part of kingdom work. Yeah. Whether it's for our own family, for people that we don't even know, you know, to just be praying. And that's something that everyone can do. And not everyone feels called to be a prayer warrior. Right. But it's just a conversation with God, it's just talking to God. Yes. I'll tell you, I have never
1: thought of myself as a prayer warrior. I have Mm. always envied people who I felt like had very powerful prayers, Mm -hmm. but this is just, yeah, it it is an opportunity to spend time with the God and it's not about making him do the things we want. It's about getting our hearts in line with what he's already doing again, so that we can be invited
0: to participate with him in it. Yeah. How exciting. It's, it's just an exciting time, yes. like an adventure, you know, <laughs> Adventures <Yeah>. with God. <laughs> and it's amazing that you do walk around the high school because it just, it's such a blessing to also others that go there and, leaders and teachers and all of the people involved. I have friends that are teachers at our local high school and mm. several Christian teachers gathered together and walked around the outside of wow, the school. That's fantastic. It is a powerful yeah. thing to do that. So thank you so much for sharing that. And that's yeah. really an encouragement for someone who's listening today that just doesn't know what the next step is, you know, it's just to trust God and just get out and just take a step. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, just talk to him about that. So so what's on your horizon right now? What are you up to? Oh my goodness, I
1: am just excited about so many things that are coming up. Right now I'm on the teaching team for this amazing women's ministry here in Northeast Ohio called Free to Be, and we have a conference coming up in May. Hopefully by then all of the coronavirus stuff will have settled <laughs> yes, down and please. we can have our conference. <laughs> um, I'm in Ohio, so I just found out my all of my kids are on spring break for three weeks. So, oh man. Um, <laughs> it's, the next three weeks are gonna look a little different than we planned, but hopefully mm. uh, by May. So I'm I'm getting ready to speak at that and um, get to teach this year on greater joy. Nice, and I'm so excited to just really share with the women what God has taught me about. Um, How to Experience Greater Joy in Him. Mm. I'm working on a new resource for my own website um, and my readers to, again, help them experience greater joy and purpose in their everyday ordinary lives. So that is actually going to be available next week. And um, I'm working on my first full-length book. So I have a a devotional out that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that's kind of Mm Christmas-focused, which I love. It was so much Fun to put that together. But now I'm working on a, a full length book based on that, that story of the onesie that I told you at the beginning and just really recognizing that God has
0: created each of us on purpose for a purpose. Fantastic. I cannot wait for that to come out. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were to encourage the listener today in a way that perhaps she could take action or just whatever's on your heart that you would want to share, what would that be? Yeah, I, I go
1: back to that Romans 12, you know, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. You know, Ephesians 2 tells us that we are God's masterpiece. You know, and my kids, they bring home so much artwork. <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> relentless about throwing it away because mm-hmm. I, I, we do not need more clutter in our lives. Okay. But yeah. when they bring something up, and they just have that sparkle in their eye and you can just tell like this is a masterpiece mm-hmm. like that doesn't get thrown away mm-hmm. you hold on to that and that's we're not just something god made yeah. we're his masterpiece but it goes on to say we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works like we've got purpose there now we're all still masterpieces in progress none of us is finished but that's my encouragement is is just take this everyday life And say, okay, God, you know, what's the masterpiece that you're painting today? Yeah. Uh, just take the, the small steps, go for a prayer walk, uh, look for ways to just encourage someone, write down the small things that you see God doing. You know, again, we we want to see him in those big, important things, but he is showing up in everyday life far more often because those are far more of our moments, our everyday <laughs> moments. Yes. Um, so, you know, jot down where you see him at work and you will see him more and more and
0: more. And he wants you to to come in and participate with him in those things. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That is so yeah. beautiful and encouraging and inspiring. And <laughs> <laughs> how can the listener connect with you, Katie? Um,
1: you know, I have a website. It's katieepling.com. Katie is spelled with a Y. So K-A-T-Y epling.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under my name, Katie Epling.
0: Nice. And I will put those links in the show notes so Great. people can find you. And this has been such a joy today.
1: Yeah, for me too. Thanks so much for having me. What
0: a blessing. And I hope you will be able to join me again on the podcast. I would love it. Sometime and we'll get an update on what's going on with you and your book and your life. And it's just an amazing thing how God puts us together. Thank you also for sharing the story about that you were adopted and how it just relates so much into the fact that we're all adopted into the family of God
1: absolutely yeah
0: Yeah. we're all we're all related in a big family (laughs) so that's awesome so nobody is ever walking this walk alone god is always with them but there are brothers and sisters in christ who come around and encourage and lift each other up because that's what the word says right yeah definitely so well thank you katie thank you all right blessings friend Thank you for listening, friend. I'm so thankful for you for stopping by, and I hope Katie's story encouraged and inspired you to take action and use your gifts. Listen to that still small voice. Listen to whatever God has put on your heart, something that he's been putting in your spirit and urging you to do. Like Katie talked about prayer walking or whatever it is, God will lead and direct your steps in what it is that he's calling you to do. I'm sure Katie would love to hear from you. So connect with her at katieepling.com on Facebook and Instagram. And those links are in the show notes. Friend, we're facing challenging times, and these are the likes of which many of us have never experienced before. But here's the good news. God is still on the throne. Amen. He's still in control. And we can call on the name of Jesus. Proverbs 18.10 says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. My friend Leslie recently shared that. If she's feeling any anxiety, she just says the name Jesus. And it just calms right down. We can do that, friend. Call on the name of Jesus. I would also love to connect with you. So, you can subscribe to this podcast and hop over to my blog, DorisSwift.com, on my contact page and leave me a message, a prayer request. And if you're fighting fear, you can grab my Fear Fighting Scripture verses. The link to this free resource is in the show notes for you. I'd like to read you something out of Linda Dillo's book, Calm My Anxious Heart. This Bible study is near and dear to my heart because it was the very first one that I did when I began leading a women's Bible study group years back. It's called Playing Ball with God. I will not give something I value to someone I do not trust. Before I will give my objects of anxiety to God, I must believe that He understands my problems and will handle it. I must believe that He has all things under control, His control that he is the blessed controller of all things. If all things are not under his control and there are a few loose ends, and I am one of those loose ends, then my anxiety is not helped. Can you thank God that he has everything under control? That he's orchestrating all things? Your answer determines your trust level. Most Christians are able to initially trust God with their problems. Then the doubts begin. Does God know Seth may not be normal? Does God know my daughter is ill and living in survival mode? Does God know I might have cancer? Does God know my teenager is tempted by drugs? We find ourselves playing catch with God. Oh God, you might drop her. Let me have her back and I'll worry about her. Surely that will help. Our trust level must be higher if we are to learn the secret of contentment. We must give the ball to God and leave it there. No more games of catch. Take care of yourself and remember, just because we can't go to a church building doesn't mean we stop building the church. So allow the Lord to lead you in how to use your gifts in creative ways. And I hope you'll join me next week when I invite another woman to share where she's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then... Lift your head and see God's face. Have a blessed week, friend, and I'll talk to you soon.